Hey guys, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. I want to tell you about Wendy. She's this wonderful woman that I met just last week on our first phone call together. She's so full of light and love and uh, it was a real joy to meet her. And this week she emailed me with a story after she listened to episode 83, Touch, that she wanted to share with me. I'll tell you a little bit about Wendy. She's a grandmother and regularly cares for her grandchildren. And so this happened just the other day. She was using her grand or her, <laughs> her son-in-law's car and found a $100 bill on the floorboard of the car. And she, she, she picked it up, and as she was unloading the car, she secured the bill in her purse and went inside, called her son-in-law and let him know that she found the money and she would give it to him that night. Well, that night comes around and the $100 bill is not there. And she panicked. I know that panic feeling. I'm sure everyone listening has felt that panic. Something about losing money or, or losing someone else's money um, can bring up some panicky feelings uh, right off the bat. So I totally get that, that panic feeling. And she searched everywhere that she thought that $100 bill could be, but she couldn't find it. And then she stopped, took a breath, and imagined two things. First, because her uh, interactions with her son-in-law had been uh, unpredictable or hot and cold. She described it as uh, Jekyll and Hyde <laughs> with him. She wanted to imagine him being calm and patient with her as she told him that she did not have the money. By the way, she is continuing to imagine him in a lovelier state. So that's great too. So after she imagined that, him reacting in a calm way, she wanted to continue in imagination and go further with it. So she imagined holding that $100 bill in her hand and she folds her money a certain way. So she felt the folds of the money, felt it just like she would if she was holding it. And she held on to it in, in imagination until she felt the reality of it and the thrill in her imagination, she even looked up at the sky and said, oh my God, yes, feeling that relief of finding her son-in-law's money. Well, her son-in-law reacted exactly like she imagined, but the $100 bill didn't show up that night. A couple of days pass, and she's loading her grandsons in, in the car, and her little five-year-old grandson says, look, Grandma, there's your money. And there it was, the $100 bill sitting on some snow melt, a little pile of snow that her grandson had shoveled uh, the same night that she had found the money and lost the money. But there it was, two days later, sitting there in the snow. Isn't that a great story? I love how Wendy was honest about the panic. When I first started sharing, and I first really started studying Neville and joined groups on Facebook, I didn't want to admit my panic 
and the things that I thought were failures, they're not failures. Everything we're doing is coming from within us. And every seeming failure opens the door more, opens our awareness more to who we really are. That's the way I see it. And that wasn't a failure at all. So she panicked. And then she remembered what to do. The first principle, be still and know that my awareness of being is God. Mm. That lovely, lovely stillness. I love that. I love the stillness. <laughs> and she didn't stop and go hide herself in another part of the house and try to do a formal session, you know, lie on the bed. She could have, but she didn't. She stopped right where she was, took a breath. And she found that stillness. That's how quick it can be. And she shed in that moment, shed the panic, fearful state right then and clothed herself in a new state. This wish was to have her son-in-law react calmly and to have that $100 bill. She clothed herself in that state. It's done. Now she didn't say if she had doubts over those two days. If she did, she certainly remembered to get back into it and remind herself that it was done. And that's really how simple it can be. I used to make it so difficult because I thought everything had to be difficult and hard work. That's one of those fundamental things, the first principle that Neville teaches. When you can be still, and you find that stillness, you can shed any unlovely state, shake off the tension and the fear, all of these things that you no longer want to experience. In just those moments of stillness. It reminds me of uh, back when I did, uh, this was years ago when CrossFit was just getting started, at least I had never heard of it. This is back in the uh, mid-2000s, somewhere in there. A CrossFit box opened in my city, and I joined, even though I'd never really lifted weights. I used to run all the time. I loved to run. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing back then, but I loved running not for fitness. I loved running because it was a meditation for me. I closed out everything. I shut out the world. And I found a stillness while I was doing that. I didn't know. I'd never heard of Neville at that point. But I was getting into the stillness as I ran. And I would run miles and miles at a time, just savoring that stillness. So, but I wanted to do more, so I joined CrossFit, and I wanted to get into it, to do all these cool exercises that I saw these other guys doing, 
in the in the uh, in the box. I'm not sure why everybody in CrossFit why they refer to it as a box. If I say gym um, and you're a CrossFitter, just you know, forgive me. <laughs> so I'm in the gym for the first time, and my coach says, "Not so fast. We can't do those workouts until you understand the fundamentals." And what she meant by that was, I had to learn how I had to learn form and how my body moved and why it moved the way it moved and how by positioning my body in certain ways helped me move the weight or to complete a workout in the most effective, efficient way. Also, so I wouldn't get injured. <laughs> but she wanted me to learn the fundamentals of it, how to move the weight, how to use my body as leverage and lift weights that I should never be able to lift. That was a lot of fun back then. And when I stuck with it, learning the fundamentals, understanding how my body moved and why it moved, why it was important to move my body that way for that particular workout, it all came together. And then I could do these workouts at CrossFit with a fluidity. It wasn't awkward as it was in the beginning when I was focusing on each little part, all of these different fundamental parts of it. It all came together. And then CrossFit, those workouts, even though they were crazy strenuous, I was finding a stillness in that too, not realizing what I was doing. That's what I was in love with, with CrossFit. It wasn't about fitness again. It was, I was hungering after the stillness. And even in that activity, I could find a stillness within me. And this brings me back to Neville. <laughs> Learning these fundamental things, like the first principle that Neville teaches. At first, it seemed odd and awkward, kind of forced. I would spend an hour and a half, two hours sometimes, lying on my floor with earplugs in, trying to grope my way into the, into the stillness, the stillness of which Neville spoke. <laughs> and it was awkward, yeah. But I kept do doing it kept on. And then, one day, that first principle was just something that I moved into. It was no longer something awkward and strange to me. And finding that stillness, oh, even saying finding it is... Uh, a little misdirection. There's no finding it. It's within me. I am the stillness. And the more I persisted in imagination, getting into the first principle and moving in imagination, practicing, like Neville says, 2020 calls it, you know, putting more buns in the oven. But all of these things, uh, the first principle and moving in imagination not just for big things, but everything, every desire, 
these things came together. And I realized they've never been apart from me. I am the stillness and I can move anywhere. At any time, a desire comes upon me. I can accept that it's mine and know that it's mine and continue in that state that that wish is fulfilled. But back to stillness. How do you get still or being still? What works for you? I used to, like I said, make it very awkward and forced. I even found all these different, uh, I bought a lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot of CDs, well, digital downloads uh, from folks, meditations and things like that. I'm not knocking those. I still enjoy beautiful music, but I enjoy it for the sheer joy of the music. I know I don't need music to get me to that stillness. Uh, just today, someone asked me how, you know, we were talking about stillness. And one way that I do is what Wendy said, wherever I am, if I notice that I'm in a state that I no longer uh, want to dwell in, right there, I take a breath and I'm in my stillness. Most times that's what it takes or that's all it takes. And if it doesn't for you, assume that it does. It doesn't have to be forced or awkward. You can in an instant get into the stillness that you are already. I'll do it if I find myself in a circumstance or in a conversation, realizing that I am the operant power and even the unlovely conversation is a product of what's inside me. So there's no blame. I'm not trying to avoid somebody or, you know, cast a demon out of them because there is no other. First principle. I can, they can be talking directly to me. <laughs> and I, I probably have a weird grin on my face when I'm doing it because I can't help but grin when I get into the stillness. It's such a lovely, lovely place to be knowing that from there I can move in an instant into a lovelier state or I can dwell there in the stillness for as long as I want. It is so, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. If you're listening to me, you're already exploring Neville and you're already exploring the stillness that is within you. So you know what I'm talking about, that wonderful feeling. <sighs> and um, we also talked about today, earlier today, like what other tricks, what are some ways to get into the stillness? 
one thing that I do, and this is, sometimes I do it uh, just for fun and for practice moving an imagination because what I'm about to tell you can be used for a couple of different things. At least I use it for a couple of things. I'll be, uh, let's say, on my bed. Today's a beautiful day. So I'm on my bed and I could be lying here uh, or, well, I'm talking as if I'm on my bed, but let's say I'm on my bed. And my windows are open. It's a very cold day, but <laughs> I like the cold. The breeze is blowing through the house, through my bedroom, from one side, through one window and out the others, on the other side. I can look out my window, see the tops of trees. I'm on a second floor of my house right now in imagination <laughs> as I'm explaining this to you. And I can see the trees and hear the birds chirping and singing. And what I'll do from my bed, first I notice my body, aware of my body, identify myself as my body, that you know, connected to it, one with my body, aware of my surroundings, aware of my dog curled up next to me on the bed, aware of the sounds coming through the windows, aware of the walls and the ceiling. And I'll move out, move my awareness from my body until I am the room. I'm aware of my body within the room, but my awareness is as the room. And then I'll move back, being aware of my body in the room. And then push out again, being aware as the room with my body in it. Or I'll look out and see the tops of the trees moving with the wind. And I'll move my awareness to the trees. Aware of the house next to the tree, next to me. And aware of the wind blowing through me as the tree. Or the birds flying overhead and I hear the cardinals' beautiful song. I'll move my awareness to the bird and be aware of this world as the bird, seeing the house below me, knowing my body is in the house and my puppy dog. And I'll fly, moving around the neighborhood. And I'll come back to my body being aware of my body, hearing the bird song once again, and then back to the bird. Now that serves a couple of purposes for me because it, I'm practicing moving an imagination, also a fundamental, something to, to get good at, to get used to doing 
being comfortable with. I'm not saying you have to be a bird, but practice moving in imagination. I first started practicing just being in one spot. Well, when I first started, I was stuck in bed after breaking my tailbone when I fell out of my wheelchair. That seems so long ago. Completely different life. Don't you love it when you've moved states and it's like a whole different person when you look back? But back to my story. <laughs> I would lie in bed. I would imagine myself seated in an armchair in the other side of the house. If I'm on my bed, then I would put myself in imagination in the armchair holding the television remote to my hand. And then I'd move back, back to where my body was. And then I would move to the bathroom or go to the kitchen in imagination, move about my house. There was one time, um, this was a little later, this was after I was healed, but I was lying on my bed. Just not intending, not really moving in, in like I was just talking about, practicing or anything, but I was just in the silence. I wasn't asleep. I could hear the sounds coming from outside. I'm just lying there on my bed. And then the next thing, it was as if there was a, I didn't hear it, but it felt like a snap. And then at, instantly I was on my steps, walking from downstairs to upstairs and walking um, to my bedroom. But before I could get to my bedroom, when I reached the top of the stairs, I fell into this, well, the universe. All I could see, it, have you ever put your face into a, a bowl of water or a tub of water, or maybe just put your face down into a swimming pool, maybe bobbing for apples, something where it's just your face being submerged. That's what it felt like. Just a moment, this sensation of pushing my face through something. And there was these, the, the, the whole universe, nebulae, gas clouds, and all these different things in the universe. Similar to what I saw recently in another dream I had that I shared with you, where I was tearing myself out of this uh, womb-like structure, structure this, uh, into this vastness of the universe. But this, what I'm telling you about, was the first time I've ever experienced anything like it. And as I pushed my face into the, I call it the bowl of the universe, because as I submerged my face in it, that's all I could see was just the vastness of my universe. And a voice within me said, you're going places now. And I stepped back. I was back in the hallway. And I came to my bedroom door and I opened it. I slid the door open and I slid it closed and I looked and I walked over to my body that was still lying on the bed, dressed the way I was dressed. And it was a very odd feeling. I wasn't scared, but I'm standing next to my bed looking at my body. 
and I understood what I was doing on my bed. And I knew how I got there. It wasn't like I had amnesia. I understood that I was at that moment as part from my body. So standing there, having practiced moving in imagination, already doing what I'm talking about, I moved right then into the body on the bed. I didn't open my eyes, but as I'm lying on the bed with my eyes closed, back where my body was originally, I'm aware of me standing there looking at myself, looking at this body. But I was aware of the body on the bed, as the body on the bed. And then I moved back to being aware of standing there, looking at this body. And it's interesting, looking back on it, the, how the awareness changed my standing there looking at my body. I was the one standing there looking down at the body. And then I moved back into my, this body, and I was aware of being the one on the body, in the, uh, on the bed, aware of me standing next to me. <laughs> Am I getting too crazy for you? So I said all of that to say how much I love the first principle. The stillness is where we start. There's anything you want to experience in life, anything you want to be. Be still. Shed the unlovely state. The more you do this, oh, well, there you go. My windows uh, all over the house are open, and apparently there's a neighborhood dog barking. I'm just going to roll with it. Now, that voice that I told you I heard that said, you're going places now, that was nothing outside of me. I was not God somewhere sending me a message outside of me. I know that was just coming from my own being. I was talking to myself because everything you experience comes from within you. And I know the more you move in imagination intentionally, not just for big things, but intentionally moving in imagination, being still, the first principle, shedding the states, the unlovely states, entering whatever state you wish. All of these things, the more you practice it, and I use the term practice for just for the sake of this conversation, so you know what I mean by continuing to do it, but I don't want to make it sound like it's hard at all. Unlike CrossFit, this is not difficult. Unless you imagine it is. Nothing and no one has any power over you. And to think that anyone does is to just hurt yourself, to think that you're less than anybody. You're perfect just the way you are. Of course you're perfect. I am too. Well, that's arrogant. <laughs> How can we not be? We are God having this human experience. I explained it to my kids. I like to, and I still like to use this uh, explanation. When you're dreaming on your bed at night, you have characters in your dream, all these different characters. I, 
it, this came up last night in a conversation with one of my adult children. Well, he's about to turn 21. He's kind of a smart ass. I don't know where he gets that from. <laughs> but we, he asked me a question about all this. And so I was telling him this, uh, this story or using this analogy. So when I said that you have dreams and you have all these characters in your dream, you have different people, men and women and whatever. And he interjected, sometimes it's Godzilla. <laughs> That's fine. Godzilla even. But you wake up and as real as all these characters seemed in your dream, when you wake up, you realize, oh, that was just my dream. And where did the dream come from? From within me. They're all me. All of these different characters in my dream are me. And just as we have these characters that are really us in our dream, we are characters in God's dream, dreaming this dream of life. I love you guys. This is Feeling Twisty.